Welcome to Vantage Point, a weekly podcast aimed to provide insight, perspective, and keys to daily living through the lens of God. We are so pleased you decided to tune in, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Now, please welcome the host of Vantage Point, Nick Ruffin. Welcome back to another episode of Vantage Point Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ruffin, and I'm so excited to be back with you guys after some time away. If you're a first-time listener, I'm so glad you're here. You can follow us on Facebook by just typing in Vantage Point Podcast, or you can follow us on Instagram by typing in at VP underscore podcast. I said earlier, it's been a while since we dropped a new message, so I want to jump right into this new series that I'm calling Snippets. This whole series is going to deal with some quick sayings and quotes I've come across over the last few months, and if I'm honest, many of these have helped me through some difficult thoughts and moments during that time. I believe these messages will give you some perspective as you navigate through the rest of your 2019 and set yourself up to be on the best journey in 2020. Just as the title suggests, these messages will be a little bit shorter than normal, but I wanted to provide just a snippet of these truths, something you can quickly listen to and apply to help you move into the space that God has for you. For this first message, I want to focus on joy. When you look up the word joy, it means a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. We also know joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5.22. Most of us have experienced some type of joy in our life. Whether that's the birth of a child or being around friends and family, there's a lot of other things that make us happy, but they don't necessarily equate to joy. I believe joy is deeper than just great pleasure. It's something that's given to us by God, and we have to protect that joy. John Piper gives a deeper definition of joy. He says joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that situations come and shake us and we end up in a state contradictory to our joy? The way I see it, the problem isn't the situation of the person, it's the security in which we hold our joy. A few months back, I was having a difficult time with people in general, whether it was at work or at home or anywhere. And they would do things that would make me second guess myself and have me dreading seeing them or even going to places they were. I thought I lost my joy. I thought I lost what God gave me. The truth of the matter is that I let their behavior look bigger than my joy. I made it up in my mind that my joy couldn't be where I was at. The issues were too great. And as I thought about it and dug deep and even doing this message, the truth is that lingered in other areas and it affected my joy in those areas where I thought my joy could live. And I was in this mindset of having selective joy, thinking my joy was like money moving in from one bank account to another. But joy doesn't work that way. We either declare we have it or we don't. The phrase God showed me is, don't let the behavior of others kill your joy. God provides us joy through his Holy Spirit. And as recipients of that joy, it's our job to protect it and safeguard it. In John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He is sharing with them that he's going back to God. Jesus explains that while they may have him now, he is leaving to be with the Father. With his departure comes grief and sorrow. But then Jesus says something that stands out. Verse 20 says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Jesus tells his disciples that your test is coming. This moment is the culmination of everything they've experienced over the last three years. They've walked with Jesus through his entire ministry, and they're at the moment that he starts to share with them the crowning achievement of all of this, what this is all for, and their feeling isn't joy for who's coming, 
but it's grief for who's leaving. And this is the question I have for you. It's the same question I have for myself. How deep is my joy in God? What does it or why does it take one moment or one person to shake that foundation of joy? If our joy is deeply rooted in God, our reactions to situations should not kill our joy. Jesus goes on to give an example of a woman giving birth. He says her anguish gives way in the NLT version. In the NIV, he says when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish. But I love what the message translation says. It says when a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life wipes out memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain, but the coming joy is also similar. In other words, what you feel right now, what that person did or that situation you're facing hurts right now, but there is joy you will have that wipes out that pain. Jesus says, when I see you again, you'll be full of joy. And this is the best part, and this is where I'll close this message. And it will be a joy no one can rob from you. I'm going to say that two more times because I think that's the most powerful thing I've said in this whole thing. It will be a joy no one can rob from you. Think about that. Jesus is telling them they'll have a joy that cannot be taken from them. Jesus goes on to give practical things that I believe are key for us not only to obtain joy, but to go beyond surface joy. The first is talk to God through prayer. Jesus tells his disciples to ask God for revelation and guidance. Going to God in prayer solidifies us in joy. We can get a deeper understanding of things, which allows us to hold on to God-given things tighter. The second is commit to understanding through revelation and guidance. What does that mean? Reading the word of God as if your life depended on it, because it does. I like to say it this way. Increased effort leads to better understanding, which builds trust and faith in God. The more you understand a thing, the deeper it is on the inside of you. And lastly, there is praise that comes with knowing this type of joy. This praise comes from the knowledge and assurance that you are victorious in your walk, and that victory is engraved on your heart. Jesus ends this whole chapter by saying, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, hardships, bad days, terrible days, days from hell. But take heart, I have conquered the world. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus has conquered your hardship. He's conquered your bad days. He's conquered your days that you just don't want to have joy. And you can walk in that assurance, walk in that knowledge, that you have victory over anything that, that comes your way. I encourage you to self-reflect on the depth of your joy. Is it a surface joy where it can just be brushed off as easily as a strand of hair? Or does that joy reach your soul and embodies everything you are? I want to leave you with this quote that truly just outlines joy even better. Joy is distinctly a Christian word and a Christian thing. It is the reverse of happiness. Happiness is the result of what happens of an agreeable sort. Joy has its springs deep inside of you. That spring never runs dry, no matter what happens. Only Jesus gives that joy. He had joy singing its music within his own self, even under the shadow of the cross. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Get connected by following us on Facebook at Vantage Point Podcast. Have a question or want to give feedback? Click the send email button to share your thoughts with Nick. We'll see you next week on Vantage Point.